بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا وقال تعالى في مقام آخر والذين لا يشهدون الزور وإذا مروا مروا باللغو كراما صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected brothers and elders in Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us a religion which covers every aspect of life. Islam does not only teach us how to worship the God, the deity, subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it also teaches us how to live in this world. There is no aspect in our life but that we find guidance of it either in the Quran or in the Sunnah. There is no aspect of life but that we find some guidance of it from the Qur'an or from Sunnah and this is but the speciality and only the speciality of Islam. That it addresses every single aspect. It addresses every single phase of life. To give an example, a child, it addresses issues from the inception of life till the, till the end of life. A child that comes to the world and he is just born. Islam gives guidance and it offers etiquettes that when this child is born, do tahniq, do aqiqah. As a matter of fact, Islam gives guidance even before this child comes to the world and it teaches us, and especially the mothers, the mothers and the women, that while this child is in your womb, Make sure that you consume halal. Make sure that you stay in the state, in the condition of wudu. Increase your ibadah so that the effects of these virtues would also enter this child and this fetus. It addresses issues of a person who is laying flat on his deathbed. And it encourages us that sit next to him and recite to him the, the kalima and encourage him to recite the kalima. Nay, it teaches us etiquettes post-death, that even after the person passes away, what are the etiquettes that should be carried out after a person passes away? How should we, cuff, how should we give him a ghusl? How should we pray his janazah? What clothes should we cover him in? So we have a religion that is wholesome in its nature, complete in its package, perfect in its fashion. A religion that doesn't need anything else. A religion that cannot be further perfected. A creed that cannot be further elevated. Again, addresses every aspect of life. Salman radiallahu anhu, the Sahabi of Rasul, was asked by a Jewish man that I heard that your Nabi teaches you how to use the bathroom. I heard that your Nabi teaches you how to use the washroom. He said this in a mocking tone, scoffing at Salman, that you, you, you're saying that your Nabi teaches you how to use the washroom, are you still kids? Now Salman radiallahu anhu was not embarrassed by the question. 
He was not afraid nor was he intimidated. And that is something we need to know. That there will be some questions thrown to us by the non-Muslims about our religion. Do we have adequate knowledge to answer them? Or at times what happens when we don't have the knowledge, then we ourselves fall in doubt. We ourselves fall in doubt. And a youngster would come up to the alim, for example, and he would say, but it doesn't make sense. Where was this triggered? It was triggered by that non-Muslim who asked him this question because he doesn't have enough knowledge. So now the poor Muslim himself is confused. Salman radiallahu anhu was not embarrassed. Something that is in Islam, there is no need to be embarrassed about. If it's in our religion, then it isn't there. There is no need for us to shy away from it, nor to conceal it. Salman radiallahu anhu very proudly said, yes, he does teach us how to use the bathroom, but for more information, for your information, he even teaches us how to enter it and how to exit it. He is proud of the he is proud of Islam. He is proud of his religion. He is not shying away. He is not embarrassed that Rasul taught us the etiquettes of using the bathroom. He said also for your information, it teaches us how to enter it and how to exit it. So we need not to be shy of our religion. It addresses the minutest of details, even to this example that I cited now. That how do you enter the washroom? How do you do istinja? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says, Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa radaytu lakum al-islam deena That I have completed your religion and I have perfected my blessing upon you and I am pleased for you. Islam is your religion. So Islam is that religion that has been perfected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no room for anything more. There is no room, there is no space that now you add something. There is no need for that. There is no room for that. Islam does not embrace that, nor does it have the need for that. Akmaltu rakum, it's complete. Wa atmamtu alaykum, it's perfect. Anything you add to that, it will just destroy the beauty. You know, when you cook something, then there is a certain time till which you will cook it. If you cook it any longer, then it will get burnt. Islam has reached that peak. Islam has reached the peak of perfection and completion. It doesn't need anything else, any foreign ideologies from different religions. It's not in need of that. It teaches us, it addresses us, that there are at times, there are times when you spend with your Creator, and there are times when you spend with the when you spend with the creation, there are times in which you stay hungry, and there are times in which you eat, there are times in which you pray, and there are times in which you should rest and relax. To that extent, Islam covers. A Sahabi, a Sahabi's wife, comes to the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and she complains about her husband. And she says, Ya, ya Rasulullah, my husband is a man who prays by night and he fasts by day. He prays by night and he fasts by day. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa called him. And he said, Oh my sahabi, Inna li rabbika alayka haqqa, wa li nafsika alayka haqqa, wa li zawjika alayka haqqa, faqum, 
فَقُمْ وَنَمْ فَسُمْ وَأَفْتِرْ He said, O oh my Sahabi, Allah has rights upon you. Your body has a right upon you. Your family has a right upon you. So at times pray and at times go to sleep. At times fast and at times eat. Balance. Balance in Islam. كَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا We have made you a moderate ummah. A moderate ummah that doesn't have conservative and it also doesn't have absolute free, it doesn't have total freedom. In between, a religion that is in between other religions, in between Christianity and Judaism. Ummatan wasata, a moderate religion. Whereas in the other religions in the past, for example in Yahudiya, if someone's cloth had to become impure, say for example the sleeves becomes impure. In our religion, what's the way to pure it, to purify it? It is that I wash it. But in Yahudiya, in the Sharia of Musa Islam, they had to cut this piece off to purify it. In other, in other religions, for example in Nasraniya, in Christianity, if you are married to a woman, then you had to live with her for the rest of your, for the rest of your life, and there was no such thing as divorce. Islam has striking the perfect balance. Ummatan wasata. That when your clothes become impure, you can simply wash it and it's fine. You, you, have, you are married, then you have the right to divorce when there is a need. So we have to avoid the extremes that exist in other religions. That which exist today out there in the media and in society. That Islam is an extreme religion. The Quran says, Ummatan wasata, you are the moderate one. If there was an extreme religion, then it was those religions that had that passed before us. So we need to implant this. We need to implant these two verses in our minds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has perfected our religion. And secondly, Allah has made us made us a moderate religion. After which after which we can understand and we can appreciate why our religion is as it is. Why, for example, then the, the holiday, uh, Halloween and all these other festivals and all these celebra- you know, celebrations that are to come up, why Islam doesn't entertain them? Why Islam doesn't accept them? Ummatan wasata. We made you a moderate ummah. We made you a moderate ummah. We are not people who celebrate nearly every month. If we understand and, you know, implant these two verses in our minds, then we will appreciate why is our religion like this and why would it perhaps not accept foreign ideologies. We are not a religion that celebrates nearly every month. This month you have Halloween. Next month you have Thanksgiving. After that you have Christmas. Thereafter you have New Year's. It just goes on and on. It just goes on and on. Then you have on July Independence Day, then you have Easter, and it just goes on. We are musafirin in this world. We are travelers in this world. Be patient for some time, and Jannah is waiting for you. Be patient for some time. Allah has put restrictions on the Muslims. Yes, that is there. There are some additional restrictions. Yes, you will have to perhaps, you know, abstain some things. But remember, Jannah is waiting for you. Jannah is waiting for you. Have some sabr in this world. Have some patience in this world. Do not join them. Do not celebrate them. And Allah will make you celebrate in Jannah. 
Allah will make you celebrate in Jannah. Jannah, there is nothing. Celebrate every day and there is nothing wrong with that. There will be no restrictions there. So we have to strike the balance when it comes to happiness and when it comes to grief. Because celebration is a time of happiness. It's a time to rejoice. And also balance at times of depression, at times of worry, at times of anxiety. To give you an example, what balance Islam has put before us, that which is not existent in the other religions. That once Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's son, Ibrahim radiallahu anhu, passes away, he has seven children, six from Khadija and one from Maria Qibtiya radiallahu anha. And, she, and he passes away in his infancy. He passes away in his infancy. So he goes and he holds the child. I'm giving you an example of balance because Islam is moderate. The perfect balance and the perfect moderation exists in Islam. We are not those religion who party at every eve every week. Islam has struck in that balance which no other religion has. So Rasul, now moderation at times of grief. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa holds his child, holds his son Ibrahim radiallahu anhu, who is barely two years old, and he cries, and he says, Al-Aynu tadma' wal-qalbu yahzan, wala naqoolu illa ma yarda bihi rabbuna. Al-Aynu tadma' the eyes will tear, wal-qalbu yahzan, and the heart may grieve, وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا مَا يَرَضَى بِهِ رَبُّنَا But our tongues will not utter anything that will displease Allah. Our tongue will not utter anything that will displease Allah. The perfect balance, Islam didn't say you can't cry. Cry and express your emotions. But how dare you utter anything against the decree of Allah. His daughter, one of his daughters sends him a message. They wrote Rasul, my son. His grandson is passing away, not, not Fatima. Not Fatima, Umm Kulthum. He goes and he visits this child who is breathing his last. And he cries. And a sahabi says, Oh Rasulullah, what is this tearing about? So he says, هَذِهِ رَحْمَةٌ جَعَلَهَ اللَّهُ فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Oh my sahabi, this is mercy which Allah has kept in the hearts of, his, in the hearts of people. He وسلم, said in the hadith of Abu Dawood, لا يحل لامرأة تؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر أن تحد على ميت فوق ثلاث إلا على زوجها. It is impermissible for a woman to mourn on the death of any individual more than three days. It is impermissible, but on the death of her husband, she can and she will mourn for four months and ten days, which is basically her idda. In, in contrast to other religions, in contrast to other religions where they had to sit in Idda for one entire year. One entire year in Idda. Ummatan wasata. We made you a moderate ummah. Moderation in everything. In grief. And in happiness as well. In celebrations at times, at, at occasions of celebration and you know, happiness and rejoice. What is the perfect balance in times of happiness? There, takes, there happens a nikah amongst the Ansar. A nikah takes place amongst the Ansar. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked Aisha, Ma kana ma'akum lahuun? Oh Aisha, don't you have anything to entertain the Ansar? Inna al-Ansar qawmun yu'jibuhumul lahu. 
And so are such people that they are, you know, they like entertainment. And then what did he mean? He said, A'alinu. A'alinu nikah wadribu alayhi bil ghirbal. That at nikah and at walima, it is permissible for you to strike and to hit drums. One-sided drum, duf. So you have a nikah taking place completely quiet. There is nothing going on. Quiet, no noise. Rasul says, strike the balance and have some entertainment, have some joy, and hit the, you know, you are allowed to play the drums. But today, of course, we have reached another extreme. We leave alone the doof, we have gone to the extremes of committing haram in nikah. Moderation at times of joy, moderations in party, moderation in celebrations. Ummatan wasata. So this is an example of how Rasul sallallahu had placed the perfect balance in times of grief and in times of happiness. So we have many festivals that come up throughout the year. Rasul sallallahu does hijrah in ten, after spending ten, 13 years in Mecca. And the hadith says that qadima Rasulullah sallallahu al-Madinah Rasul sallallahu alayhi enters Medina. وَلَهُمْ يَوْمَانْ يَلْعَبُونَ فِيهِمَا And he finds many Ansar. Ansar were Sahaba, they were Muslims. They were celebrating two specific days. They were celebrating two specific days. So he asked the Ansar, مَا هَذَانِ الْيَوْمَانِ Oh my Sahaba, what are these two days you play and you celebrate in? So they say, Kunna nal'abu fihim, kunna nal'abu fil jahiliyyah. That, oh Rasul, these are two days which we would celebrate in the pre-Islamic era. These are two days which we would celebrate in the pre-Islamic era. Now understand, these are those two days, Nairoz and Mehrajan. These were the two festivals of the Faris, of the pagans, of the non-Muslims, of the polytheists. It, it became so popular that even many of the Arabs started to celebrate it. And not only the Arabs, the Ansar. The Ansar. What, is these two, what are these two days, O oh my Sahaba? We celebrate these two days in the pre-Islamic era of Rasulullah. Now listen to the response. And this will remove all doubts that why is it not permissible? But can I perhaps just go once? O oh my Sahaba, Allah has replaced and Allah has substituted every celebration that exists, you know, in the pre-Islamic era with two days. Yawmul Eid wa Yawmul, Yawmul Fitr wa Yawmul Adha. Yawmul Fitr wa Yawmul Adha. Allah has given you something better. Be happy with Allah's decision. Be content with Allah's decree. Allah has given you something better. Why are you going for something that is lower? قَدْ أَبْدَلَكُمْ بِيَوْمَيْنْ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمَا Allah has given to you two better days. When the verse was revealed, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ The last verse in the Qur'an. The last verse of the Qur'an. Rasulullah lived 81 days after this verse. A Jewish man comes to Umar radiallahu anhu. And he says, you have such a verse in the Qur'an that has completed your Qur'an. If it had to be revealed to us, then we would have made this a day of festival. We would have celebrated that day that our Torah, for example, is completed. 
You have a verse in your Quran like that, that, you, that this is the last verse to be revealed in Quran. Umar radiallahu anhu said, we are not a, pe- we are not a people who, f- who celebrate and who party upon every occasion and everything that happens. The last verse of the Quran, he says that celebrate. Umar said, no, there is no need for that. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum. I have perfected the religion. Wa akmaltu alaykum deenati. And I have completed it. There is no room for more. There is nothing, there is no space for anything more. He radiallahu anhu also said, Now we want to adopt, we want to adopt foreign, civilized, foreign cultures. We want to adopt foreign cultures. What did he say? Words that are worth being carved with gold. He said, نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ فَإِذَا بَتَغَيْنَا غَيْرَ أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهِ نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ We are a nation. Allah has given us honor and respect because of Islam. فَإِذَا بَتَغَيْنَا غَيْرَهُ أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهُ When we are going to seek somewhere else, when we are going to seek the cultures of others, أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهُ Allah will disgrace us. نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ فَإِذَا بَتَغَيْنَا غَيْرَهُ أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهُ He also said in another quotation of his, said, لَا تَدْخُلُوا عَلَى الْمُشْرِكِينَ فِي كَنَائِسِهِمْ يَوْمَ عِيدِهِمْ فَإِنَّ السَّخْتَةَ تَنْزِلُ عَلَيْهِمْ That, oh, oh my people, O oh Tabi'een, O oh Sahaba, do not enter the places of their festivals when they celebrate and when they party because Allah's wrath descends upon them. فَإِنَّ السَّخْتَةَ تَنْزِلُ عَلَيْهِمْ What does the Quran say? وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ الزُّورِ Allah counts the qualities of the muttaqeen. Allah counts the qualities of the believers. And He says one of their quality is they are those people لَا يَشْهَدُونَ الزُّورِ They do not attend futile gatherings. See the tafsir of that verse. See the explanation of this verse. The Mufassirin say, A'yadul Mushrikeen, the festivals of the pagans and the festivals of the non-Muslims. وَإِذَا And when they happen to pass by it, they pass by it with dignity. What does it mean with dignity? It means that they hasten their pace and they lower their gaze. They ha- so they don't stand there and look and watch and observe. Marro kirama. They pass with dignity. Two things Ibn Kathir writes. Lowering the gaze and hastening your pace. Understand, we're living in a time that corruption is dominant. And this is a time when you hold on to Islam and you hold on against majority. And you adopt a method that is against majority, you will receive the reward of a hundred martyrs. Martyrs, man tamasaka bi sunnati inda fasadi ummati falahu ajrum mi'ati shaheed. That whoever practices my sunnah, and my sunnah and Rasul sunnah is only two Eid, falahu ajrum mi'ati shaheed, he will receive the reward of a hundred martyrs. The Sahaba say, O Rasul, martyrs from them or from us? Rasul said, Minkum, from you. So a person who keeps himself away, he he avoids such customs and such cultures. 
of the non-Muslim, of the pagans. And so many of these cultures and you know, celebration, they root, they trace up back to the pagan custom. So we need to tell ourselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a wholesome religion. Allah has given us a moderate religion. We don't celebrate every single month. Allah has given us a religion that we are happy with and we are content with. And we make dua to Allah that He gives us death on this religion.